Hello and welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery, the podcast where we watch the movies that you tell us to. You go on our Discord, you go on to Twitter, mm-hmm. you go wherever fine books are sold and you tell us to go watch some movies and most of the time I'll put them on a big list and randomly determine which one we're going to watch. But sometimes I don't because sometimes you decide to tell us to watch things and I don't want to do that. Plus, you just can't tell us what to do. I don't know why you think you could. Uh, I, we certainly didn't found our entire online presence on the notion that you absolutely can or anything yeah, like we that. we didn't found our presence on the fact that we're dirty little piggies and we love being told what to <laughs> That's do. That's right, we're content bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> you get, you gotta come over here and tell us to make content. And we're like, ooh, I don't want to. Make me. <laughs> no, that sounds like a bad movie. I'm there? a bratty content maker. <laughs> uh, I'm John, your content brat, and over there is Jeff. The Findom Podcaster. <laughs> Pay me, pigs. And together... We watched Money Plane uh-huh. from 2020. Hey, it's perfect. <laughs> oh, Money Plane. Money Plane is a movie. Yeah, sure. It's a movie. It's an hour and 22 minutes long, and it's got a beginning and an end. Look, it has, like, actors you've heard of. It's got at least three actors you've heard of. Yeah. At least three. At least three, uh-huh. depending on how into... The Lawrence family you have Oh, gotten. I guess that's right. There's four. There's four. <laughs> if you count Joey Lawrence, then there's four. Oh, well, I mean, you got Joey Lawrence and then his brothers. Yeah, well, one of them's a director, and the other one is like in his for a cameo. So you do have, this does feature the Lawrence Brothers 3. Yeah. And which they, I think they found them under the bridge or something like that. I mean, they were all on TV, basically. Actually, I think only two of them. Didn't I think they, Middle Brother, who was the director, didn't really do anything. I was going to say, I, I feel like, didn't they have a show of their own at some point? There was like a Lawrence Brothers show. Yeah. And yeah. I specifically remember it because, like, obviously I know Joey Lawrence. You know, we've already seen Blossom on this uh, Very bonus show. content for this show. Yeah. For uh, for TV Mastery, if you head over to patreon.com slash system mastery ah, here and join us on the $10 level. They per were, month. Yeah, they were on the show Brotherly Love from it, 1995 to 1997. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, of course, we star Adam Copeland, who I didn't think was a wrestler and is. Actually, that's not true. I thought he was a wrestler. I thought he was a different wrestler. I oh. thought he was Jericho. He looks like Jericho. He looks uh, like Chris Jericho quite a bit. Although kind of like, I don't know if like Chris Jericho jumped into a teleport beam at the same time as Steve Buscemi, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I he's mean, got like big buggy eyes. Here's the thing. Adam Copeland, uh, known by those who watched WWE of the uh, Attitude Era as uh-huh. Edge. Oh, I, I said he was Edge. Nice. Yes. Oh, my God. I actually got it right. For some reason, I was thinking because I looked up two people uh-huh. I, to see if it was this guy. And I looked up Chris Jericho and Christian instead of Edge of Edge and Christian. And I was like, oh, well, it was none of them. Weird. I totally would have thought he was a, a wrestler. Turns out I was wrong, and I should have just looked up Adam Copeland first. Let me ask you a question. You maybe look this up because you got the IMDb in front of you. There is a scene in this where he fights a big guy, which is a regular thing when you make a wrestler the star of your movie, that they have him fight an even bigger guy for, for shock well, value. Uh, was that guy also a wrestler or no? I don't have any idea okay because usually it is usually they're like oh we got like a, a d-list bottom carter and we will bring them in and let them be the you know like on mckinsey's island we got like five seconds of the big show oh yeah i mean 
looking at it, I, not... if I go to the full cast, because I've just got the top cast, I'm like, if I try and find, what was that, the co-pilot? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even see maybe not even credit anything. Keep me out of this movie. Yeah, it's just like no, I'm good. Yeah. So you may have heard of this already because it definitely has done its time on the circuit of bad movie internet reviews. Yeah, Uh, and there's a reason for that. But you've got uh, you got Copeland, you got Kelsey Grammer. There's your reason. That's why it does the rounds. Kelsey Grammer as the bad guy of this. Uh huh. We have Thomas Jane looking rough. Yeah, Thomas Jane not doing his best here. Thomas Jane looks like he rolled out of bed after a three-week bender and realized he was already on set and went with it. You know what's wild is I think I probably watched three other people who do online movie review stuff cover this film already, uh-huh. and none of them have ever mentioned that Thomas Jane is in this movie. Weird. It's always just, oh, look at Kelsey Grammer. He's the fucking rumble. And here's Joey Lawrence. Whoa, am I right? Whoa. And I'm like, you got to tell me that Tom, the fucking Punisher is in this movie and he looks like he woke up after 20 years. Yeah. Thomas Jane just fully appears to be unaware that he had gotten onto set and then they just handed him lines and he was like, oh, well, okay. He still has more natural charisma than 90% of the people in the movie. Well, There's yes. a scene where he winks at a little kid and you're like, oh, that's a believable wink from like a, a, an avuncular dad figure because that guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> that guy's an actual actor. Yeah. I don't know why he's here. Yeah. And uh, Denise Richards in here for about 20 whole seconds of this movie. Yeah, that is uh, of all the roles in this one. That's the one that most screams. I need health insurance. <laughs> I need to stay in the union. Uh-huh. I got to do at least one picture to uh-huh. stay in the union. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Jane's role screams, I reviews health insurance. <laughs> Thomas Jane on screen looking like he could really use that health insurance, but he refuses. Yeah, yeah. As far as, far as I can tell, just from looking at him, his primary health care provider is like red-eye gravy on a country hab- ham slab. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That man's like, oh, I see a doctor. Dr. Daniels. Jack Daniels. I'm drinking. <laughs> sure he's doing great i'm sure i'm sure thomas jane is doing fabulous he's doing wonderful and, and thank you for asking yeah <laughs> uh so the basic premise of this movie is what if there was a plane full of rich people and you stole money but not from the rich people but from the plane <laughs> yeah a a movie that also fundamentally does not understand what cryptocurrency is i mean yeah they definitely there's a whole thing about the plane being because it's a modern movie so they want to to know that you're not just stealing cash you're also going to go steal some cryptocurrency that's a thing am i right guys you got to steal some of that that fancy crypto you got to get their ape pictures or whatever um but you know they do at least say like oh you're going up there to get like the encryption key and there's like a drive you have to steal. It's not just that you're going to go up there and steal a bunch of like glowing digital dollar signs. I mean, the fact that it is so close to being that because yeah. they're like, we need to download the cryptocurrency to this drive. And I'm like, no, you, gotta, you don't. And you got to be on the plane to do that. All you need is the key to it. Like, we have an entire server room to house our cryptocurrency. I'm like, no, you don't. That's, that's not, a- not that. Why you have cryptocurrency is you don't do that. Yeah. That's the whole point. of crypt- It doesn't stay in a bank vault. It, you have a password. That's the thing you needed to protect. Yeah, it is just hilarious. They're like, oh, I need to go in here and hack the servers to get access to this and then download all the cryptocurrencies. And then I sent them all to charity. And you're like, what? Yeah, charity, first of all, is going to have to find a way to divest that shit, which is going to be a real pain in the ass because you oh, just yeah. drop the market. 
It's a real, it's just not, you just shouldn't have bothered. You should have been like, there's bearer bonds. Just go with that. People already instinctively associate those with movie money and nothing else because no one knows what the fuck they are. So you just go, there's over 30 billion in bearer bonds. And they'll be like, yeah, that sounds correct. Yeah. Because if you're like, oh, we want to say we're stealing like a billion dollars. And you go, do you know how many bills is a billion dollars? Mm-hmm. You don't do that on a plane. And they'd be like, okay, well, it's a billion in cryptocurrency. You're like. Great, that's the least exciting heist you've ever done. <laughs> you have no need to be on the airplane for that. All you do is call any one of the criminals and be like, Hello, yes, this is... I am from Crypto Company. I, I am Sam Bankman-Fried. I think it's fried. Please give me your password so I may introduce you to Elon Musk, your hero. And they'd be like, You're right, I will. Here's my password. Thank you. Goodbye. I steal their crypto. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, it's... uh, God, it's a... It's a real fucking mess in there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a disaster of a movie. It's fucking weird and stupid. Yeah. Every it, 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 every yeah. choice that characters make in this feels sort of arbitrary and occasionally just very out of nowhere or against type. Yeah, it just kind of feels like the script writers were, I don't know, mainlining the ben, uh, or, uh, Benadryl and then they watched two episodes of Burn Notice and lost their minds for a little bit. Yeah, this movie is, I was telling Jeff earlier... Like the Andy Daly bit about doing stand-up, yeah. where he has a whole thing where he's essentially doing the cadence and delivery of stand-up without actually saying any jokes, and that's this, but for heist movies. Yeah, yeah, it's on YouTube if you ever want to go find it. It's it's Andy Daly comedy without without comedy or something like that, and he just, you know, it's a bunch of like, and then they got this guy over here, and this guy over here, and here I am in the middle, like, hey, whoa, I didn't agree to any of this, you know, just never actually saying like a noun. Oh yeah, of course. You know, my wife and she's talking to me, and I'm like, "Hey, whoa!" And you're like, "There's, there's you no tell content me, here." You tell me where it's written down. You know that. I want to know. Yeah, that's just that. That's pretty much what the movie is. It's just all the heist movie cliches without an actual heist happening. That yeah, it's just it hits all of the ideas of a heist movie and has the cadence of a heist movie without any actual content in it. There's nothing that you're like, "Ah, uh, yes." I am watching a good heist movie. You're just like, I can tell what this should be. I like the part when Edge finally manages to get into the cockpit of the airplane so he gets to sit down for the rest of the movie. That's uh, that's one of my favorite things. Great. Yeah. I'm sure that was probably his favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so do you want to... Uh... So we are going to uh, wrap up our non-spoiler review Bad. with... <laughs> it's fucking stupid as hell. Uh... <laughs> And we will play a little music and get right back with our in-depth spoiler review for 2020's Money Plane. If the plane goes down, damn, I'll remember where the love was found. If the plane goes down, damn. We're back. And it is time to tell you about Money Plane, which starts right out the gate with the dumbest premise ever for why anyone is in trouble. Yeah, it starts in media heist, as it were, because our our main characters in this are a heist gang that does cool heists. You have our main character, Edge, uh, who is playing Jack Reese, Uh huh. and he is... Oddly enough, with most of these heist movies, they're like, oh, I was a professional criminal, I come back for one last job, or I'm in too deep and I owe someone whatever because 
I didn't do whatever job. But we find out that this guy was like just a professional gambler. Uh-huh. And now he's a heistman. And the heist we see is, oh, he's going to go steal a painting. And you're like, that has nothing to do with being a gambler. Why would you hire this man? So if you're wondering what his credentials are for, for heisting, uh, he has a pretty good speech he gives twice through the movie about what it takes to be a good heister. It's a three-step process that involves having a backup plan and a team. Pretty yeah. straightforward stuff. Uh, he was in the Air Force with the rank of captain, but we don't know doing what. Presumably he was a pilot because he does take over as the pilot of the airplane for some time. Yep. Uh, and uh, that's all of them. Those are his credentials. Yeah. You got a professional gambler and pilot. And that's who you want to steal a painting from a museum for you. But he's the main guy. He's the Danny Ocean of this group, uh, yeah. which we don't know why, because we don't know what his skill set is. He's big and he can punch guys and uh, he can stand there and look angrily confused a lot, which seems to be his primary skill set. Uh, you've got his other partner, who is, I think, one of the two tech guys on the team. Yeah. So you have Trey is his main sort of hacker. Yeah. Like, that's the guy who's hacking security systems and stuff like that. So that's his main tech guy. You have Iggy, Andrew Lawrence, also the director and writer of this. Yes. Uh, who is, in this bit, the car guy? Yeah, but I guess he's also supposed to be... He's like an extra tech guy. There's The, the, the group has two tech guys. Well, I mean, he complains when he gets left behind. He's like, but I'm not a tech guy. That should be Trey. And he's like, no, Trey needs to be on the plane to do tech stuff. I just need you to set up gear down here. Yeah. So I think he's more the I'm a driver and gun guy than he is anything else. He really wanted to get onto the money plane, though. That's for sure. And we have Isabella the badass. Yeah, she's like the crazy, you know, any good heist group needs to have one person who's completely out of their mind with violence. Yeah, she's the the violent, crazy badass, and she'll beat everyone up. She's also amazing that you would hire a professional wrestler and then be like, Anyway, and you're the cool-headed, calm one, and you don't get into fights. That's mm-hmm. her. That's her. This little, the, this uh, well, who's also supposed to be the sultry one because they they're gonna put her into a waitress outfit pretty early on, and then she'll spend most of the movie hiking it up or angrily shoving it back down. Yeah, as the as the situation demands. Indeed. Yeah, and that is the team. Mm-hmm. Now the heist is they are going into a museum, which is. An office building, but they are calling it a museum. Hey, don't worry. The airplane's also an office building that they're calling it a museum and that they're calling an airplane. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like, oh, I'm here to steal some painting. We do the classic, like, run my ID and it doesn't work. And then the hacker hits some buttons and now it does work. Yeah. But when he gets in there, oh, no, the painting isn't in the room. And the feed that the hacker was using is actually being looped and it, it... it shows the painting, but it's not there. Oh, it was they've a been setup. double-crossed or so they whatever. Have, they have to escape at gunfire. By the way, I think Isabella is also the safe-cracker of the group. I think that might be... I don't want people correcting me later. So, yeah, I think she's supposed to be the safe-cracker. Eh. It doesn't really matter. It's just a thing that comes up. I mean, she's mostly just the backup badass. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, yeah, they have to escape at gunpoint. And then it turns out that they were doing this heist to pay off a debt, which is why immediately after the failure of the heist, we find... Uh, Edge, I'm not going to call him either of his other names. He's getting his wrestler name. Yeah. We, we find Edge uh, sitting in the well-appointed backyard of Kelsey Grammer playing as he introduces himself immediately after a shot of him lighting a cigar that has like four edits and cuts and stuff in it. 
Yeah. Because I think they wanted to make it look extra badass. So he's like lighting a cigar and then it like jump cuts to the same shot a bunch of times. But eventually he goes like, I think you know who I am. Darius Emmanuel Grouch the third, also known in some circles as the Rumble. <laughs> Which is more or less the reason this movie is famous, because watching Kelsey Grammer say that is great. Oh, yeah. I love that. Apparently, when they wrote this, they were like, we really want Kelsey Grammer for this role, and we assume we will not get him. And then he was like, yeah, I'll do that. And they went, really? <laughs> That's weird. Why would you do this? <laughs> and he was like, eh, it just seems like fun. <laughs> and you can tell Kelsey Grammer is enjoying himself. Oh, Kelsey Grammer, I would say, has the highest incidence, although not the only incidence rate, of people in the movie who say something so dumb that you can see them cracking up right as they cut. Yeah. With him, it happens at least three or four times where he'll say things like, I'm the goddamn rumble. And then you'll see the corners of his mouth <laughs> start to start to wobble like keep strong, it, sad, together, losing Kelsey. his depression. <laughs> and then they'll cut. They'll be like, nope, good. we're not even doing another take. We just cut before he starts laughing. Uh, now, he is known as the rumble because he is in charge of rumble corp or whatever. Yeah. But also, he is a bad guy. He apparently hired them to get this painting. Now, he has purchased all of Jack's debt because we find out he was very good at gambling, but then he kept going and then owed a shitload of people a bunch of money and isn't, Darius bought all of it. Isn't everyone good at gambling until they lose? I feel like that's kind of the... Yeah, well, I mean, no, of, some people are very bad at gambling. I guess and, some people never win, but anyone who has ever been said to be good at gambling is just good at it right up until they lose. No, the people who are good at gambling are the ones who are like, Oh, I leave when I'm up, and yeah. then I leave when I'm down a little. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah. But he forgot to do that. He got he started chasing those dragons, and he lost too hard and lost everything. Or at least that's what they keep telling us in between shots of his giant mansion and happy family life. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's one of the things where you're like, he owes so much money, and he, he has to pay back like $40 million. I'm like, what? How much did you have to start with that you owe 40 million dollars and still have this kind of like house and lifestyle yeah like I, it's more i think i'm pretty sure it's just that they shot him one of the people who owned the movie or, or who were making the movie's house i'm sure and so they were like oh yeah we can't afford to, to rent a cheap apartment for a day and make it look like this guy's life is hard let's just use joey lawrence's house oh, i'm sure the the house they used is the same backyard that they have for all the Darius scenes. Yeah. They just use the inside for the fucking Jack Reese scenes. Yeah. And then like the laundry room for the airplane. Yeah. So Darius is like, oh, you didn't get my painting for me. And that means you owe me. And I'm like, the painting wasn't there. It's not like, ah, you failed the heist. You didn't get it. It wasn't there. Yeah. That like. The intel was bad. Yeah. You go, hey. We didn't fail to steal a painting. There was no painting to steal. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, none of this matters because he's in this dude's backyard and this dude has a lot of guys with guns standing around. He's like, you're going to do a job for me now and then we'll be square. And he can't be like, I would like to negotiate the terms of whether or not I failed at this because, again, he'll be like, I'll just shoot you. I'll just have these, these many men over here make a death relationship with you. <laughs> I mean... It feels weird that he didn't at least go, okay, well, I'll go get the painting somewhere else then, because it wasn't there, but I'll go find it. Instead, he's just like, no, no, I need you to go to the mythical money plane and get me all the money from Candyland. I like that right away, none of these characters have heard of the money plane except for Rumble. It's like a super secret thing that you only know about if you're like a big deal gambling villain, like yes. real world villain. Those are the people who know about the money plane. Yeah, you have to be... You know, basically the people we find in there are like, oh, you have to be 
an arms dealer, a human trafficker, drug dealing, mm-hmm. something that's awful that makes you a lot of money and you like gambling. So it's got to be those two things. So, But every single person who on the ground who hears about it is like, no, that sounds dumb and impossible. <laughs> I wanted anyone to be like, no, that sounds fake. Like just <laughs> no, they don't need to be in a plane for that. Yeah, that sounds dumb. If you're rich enough, you can just gamble on whatever you want, wherever you want, because laws aren't real. Because that's just you know, it's all just fines. Yeah. So so why would you need to go up to international airspace or whatever the fuck when you could just do it in your house on a webcam and be like, yeah, here's a million dollars to the local county. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, it's it is a concept that I was like, that is silly. Yeah. And fun though. <laughs> you know, it's. It's one of those things where in a better done movie, Mm -hmm. like if the script was better, if the budget was bigger, if this was just a better movie in general, the idea of the money plane is much like Con Air or National Treasure and that you're like, this is dumb as fuck, but it could be fun. What yeah. I'm saying is if this was Nicolas Cage, it would be fine. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be a problem if it was a, you know, uh, if it was a better movie, it'd be a real good movie. If it was uh, a better movie, it would be starring <laughs> Nicolas Cage. And yeah. It would be fine. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, the best thing about this is, is uh, Rumble's description of it, where he's like, oh, any kind of p- gambling you could ever imagine and at the stakes you want. And it's all amazing. You want to bet on a man fucking an alligator? Then you can bet on a man fucking an alligator. Which, like, number one, I would like to hear the terms of that bet. Like, yeah. are we saying, is it to the alligator satisfaction level? What oh, do we do? Because that was my thought. When we do get onto the plane and have that, it's like, oh, you're betting how long it'll take someone to die from something. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so if it's a man fucking an alligator, is it like how long to completion? Or Yeah. What do, or how long till the alligator death rolls him? Or is he into that? Or what's the deal? What What is the bet? Does... Does he manage to fuck the alligator mm-hmm. before the alligator kills him? Also, I mean, as long as we're talking about the functionality of the money plane, can we talk real quickly about the actual bets that do happen? I know we're jumping ahead a bit, but... Oh, sure. <clears throat> jumping around. the they You get this whole thing where Joey Lawrence is like, yes, anything goes. We have a wide variety of... Because ama- he's the concierge of the money plane. Uh, wide variety of amazing tools or, or bets at our disposal. We have any kind of betting you could possibly imagine. And the whole flight, you're going to be able to do whatever you want. You can go to private rooms. You can... We got a bunch of paid prostitutes, all this crap. Uh, and then he goes, all right, ladies and gentlemen, the bets have begun. High stakes Texas poker. It's in the next room. Everybody, let's go. You have to. You absolutely have to. And I'm like, man, if I fucking, that just makes me aware of how boring gamblers actually are, that they're like this. Let's go on an airplane to the most interesting betting parlor in the world and play the only game any of us ever fucking play. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, that would be if you were doing the sort of like oh here's a a money plane thing and it's a it's a casino in the sky what you have is a secret area of that that's like here's the nasty dirty gambling yeah and you go like oh we show off like you know people are playing roulette and texas hold'em or whatever because they're normal like regular rich people instead of the like depraved nasty ones that are down in the like bowels of the money plane yeah. like 20 minutes of this movie is dedicated to fucking hold them and you're just like w- w- why are we doing this you can also, play you can play this anywhere this shit's just legal the fact that they dedicate an entire full-ass scene to texas hold'em with nothing as far as like the editing and the script because it's not about the Hold'em. The Hold'em has no stakes here. It's also played very wrong, which is hilarious. Yes. You keep watching him put the flop, the river out at the same time. Yeah. No, The it's played poorly, but also doesn't matter because they're not playing with their own money. 
and winning isn't part of what they're here to do. So they're like, we're going to play this whole thing. You're like, oh, isn't it tense? He's playing Texas Hold'em. I'm like, no, none of this matters. And also, you're bad at filming this. And also, also, you've established that this character is supposed to be a ex-professional, super badass gambler. And like, Thomas Jane has a whole scene where he's like, you know, you 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 lost. You you were a good gambler. You trust your gut. You got to trust your gut, man. Yeah, you, you, you go. You holding any fifth of vodka I could have? And <laughs> he, he, got get, <laughs> he gets onto the fucking money plane, and they do Texas Hold'em, and then he just loses. He's yeah, just loses and leaves. I mean, granted, that's because he's a professional thief now so he's like i just need to play this to establish that i am on the plane and i am a gambler like i said and then i'm gonna sneak off to do heist stuff but the whole point of his character that they've been establishing is like you were a gambler and you were good at it and you need to remember why you were good at it yeah follow all these instincts if anything i would i was happy he was losing because i was like yeah a good gambler would be perfect for this because he shouldn't be winning he doesn't want everyone on the plane to hate him yeah so he should be up there convincingly losing which is an actual skill that I would be impressed to see, but that's not the way they they play it. Instead, he just loses because they want to show that uh, the youngest Lawrence brother is a crazy Texan. Yep. Um, but anyway, to get to to get to the point where we set up this, because there's another thing I want to talk about in yeah. the bad gambling, which is they establish that both the the fake personas that Edge and Trey have when they get on the plane are that they've never been on the money plane before. This is their first flight. They don't really know what it's about. They've just heard about it from other people. Well, yeah, because but, he's uh, Jack is taking on the persona of a very famous human trafficker that no one has ever seen in person, so ex- he can get away with it. Yeah, they all they all know him, but only digitally, except for Isabella, who killed him last year. That's why it's okay to use him as a performance. Yeah, because they know he won't show up. Yes. Um, now, the thing that I'm trying to get around to is that. When Edge excuses himself on the table to go do crime stuff, he's like, oh, and obviously I need someone to take my seat. So I'm assigning Trey, who is under the code name Mr. McGillicuddy, to sit in my place. And first of all, I I expect Trey to just be like, no, I don't I don't I'm not a gambler. I'm not going to sit at that fucking shark table. I'm going to go look at the hookers. Uh, Why would I why do you need me to do this? Yeah, but he sits down. Um, right as the game is ending. And then we start a whole series of him comedically winning bets that he has no idea what the fuck they are, and everyone laughs at him instead of explaining them. And they know he's never been on this fucking plane before, so they're like, uh, very good, sir, we're about to throw a random prisoner into a random room. How, what is your bet? And he's like, uh, uh, blue? Ah, very funny. That's a stupid thing to say. You know you should be saying a number or an amount of time. And every time, and I'm like, Dude, you know, you're a professional. Like, the guy talking to him is like the bet master. Oh, yeah, the he's, pit boss. he's the guy who is in charge of the house yeah like he's the main dude in charge but every time he's like eh, very good you have no idea what this is and i won't explain to you i'm like you should it's his first time on the plane and he's one of your valuable super rich weirdo customers yeah you'd probably want him to come back and yeah. spend more money on your weird dumb plane instead of being confused and off put through the entirety of this yeah because the first thing is like after the texas hold'em thing yeah, yeah and they yeah. lose he like sits down and then it's just him and JR who is the younger Lawrence brother his big dumb Texas outfit and he's like we're going to play a game doesn't say what it is and he's like what okay yeah he says he specifically says you know I am a Texan but I am partial to the drinking of vodka and everyone in the room is like ooh and I was like oh drinking contest what are we doing oh, that's yeah I thought for sure I was like oh is he going to have like are we going to go shot for shot? Is that what this is? Yeah, but it's fucking 
uh, it's a Russian roulette. They're going to play Russian roulette. And uh, again, I'm like, you don't want the other gamblers on your super secret money plane who are millionaire whales that are paying you billions to fly around like this to shoot themselves in the head. And as soon as he's like, I don't want to play that, they should just be like, oh, yeah, you're not, sir. Very good. You may retire to the room where there's free ham. Yeah. The fact that you're like, oh, you can do anything on here as long as, you know, it's consensual for the billionaires that are on here. Yeah. You're like, yeah, if two dumb assholes are like, I want to play Russian roulette, then you, as the money plane, go, very good, here's a gun. I mean, you don't, because you're in a fucking airplane, and the moment you shoot the bullet off, you're going to depressurize the fucking thing. Well, yes, there is that. (laughs) Here's a a very low caliber gun that you will shoot that will go through your head, but not through a plane. You're playing Russian roulette, but you've got that fucking air hammer from No Country for Old Men, except it fails to fire five times out of six. Yeah. No, we we got a gun, and then we also hold a big steel plate behind your head every time you shoot. (laughs) Only people with steel plates in their heads may play this. So, yeah, the fact that it's like, he very clearly is like, oh, I don't want to play this. And they go, well, you have to, sir. I'm like, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Yeah. No. You don't understand how this works. Yeah. They keep pushing the gun. You must fire first, that's sir. That's how the game works. And I, anytime he should just be like, I do not wish to play this. And yeah. he never does. I, for whatever reason, he's committed to like, I, I, my job is to play gambles with these guys. Now, granted, the entire room is full of a bunch of other rich people standing around and watching. And I could just be any one of them and be exactly as participatory. Yeah. The and he gets then dragged off to like, oh, hey, you need to come with us. Our themed betting is going to start. And he's like, uh, what? No. And they're just like, no, you are. Yeah, absolutely. No, you have to bet. Yeah. No, so Joey Lawrence, when they get on the plane, um, they all come on individually and go through like a uh, the the head waitress. Who makes them all check in all their guns and everything, including the... Uh, I love that you keep saying waitress. I'm sorry, I meant to say sky attendant. How about that? The, I don't know, sky waitress is 100% wrong, and you're very correct. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm going to go flight attendant. How about there that? There you go. So flight attendant makes them all check their weapons, especially Isabella, who's dressed as another flight attendant. Yeah. Um, and, and, and she, you know, has the credentials of, oh, I work here. Yes. Great. Yeah. So... Uh, but then they, they're introduced to Joey Lawrence, who's the concierge. He has no name. He's just the concierge. And he has one of the weirder lines in this where he gives the long speech about how cool the airplane is and how you can do whatever you want on it. And at one point he says, and you need rest assured that we'll be very safe in the airplane for we have only hired the finest pilots in the world. And I know this because I am myself a pilot. Yes. And, and then I, you're like, that's got to come up, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I was like, oh, that's for sure going to happen sometime in the movie. And there is a point where I thought it would because... There is the point where when Jack finally, you know, fucks off and leaves Trey to get absolutely manhandled by these fucking people who are like, you have to gamble all the time Mm -hmm. to go get into the cockpit. He, as a pilot, forgets that co-pilots exist. Yeah. Oh, God. Co-pilot. Right. (laughs) Like, they knock on the door. The pilot comes out to get his meal and he just punches him and knocks him out because, you know, that's standard movie stuff is you can always punch one guy out very easily, and then you have to get into a 10-minute fight with the next guy. Well, because the next guy is always an insanely huge, burled-up wrestler man. So he gets in and just, without even looking, goes and, like, sits down next to the co-pilot. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, yeah, co-pilot. <laughs> yeah. They get into a long fucking fight, which, during it, the plane is, you know... L- 
like tilting down, going to the side, they're hitting the fucking uh like steering console. It is a whole mess. Mm-hmm. And of course, it cuts to the concierge who's like, don't worry. As I mentioned before, we have the finest pilots. Calling back to his earlier line about also being a pilot. Yeah. This happens a few times, and I'm like, oh, he's going to go check. That's going to be part of this. They're yeah. going to have to deal with him now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because he's a pilot. So he's, he presumably checks up on the pilot from time to time. I thought it was going to come up when they when all of our heroes jump off the airplane towards the end. They've left it on autopilot, and they jump off, and they're like, well, none of them are going to die because the concierge guy's a pilot, so he'll be able to land the airplane. It won't be a problem. And instead, nothing happens, so. No. Yeah, I, I feel like it's just Joey Lawrence just really wanted to say he was a pilot. He was just like, let me say I'm a pilot. It's I can't get off unless I say I'm a pilot. Now you say you're a pilot. <laughs> Come on, hurry up. <laughs> uh, it is a weird decision to work that into the script and then do nothing with it. Yeah, that was very strange. But yeah, so Trey's role in this movie is mostly just being shuffled from insane, super violent, gross bet from to, to yeah. the next one with Where no he, understanding of what the fuck is happening. Yeah, when he gets in to the first one of the themed room, they're like, very good, sir. What will your bet be? And again, never even asks if he would like to make a bet or how much he wants to bet. Just like, tell me what thing you're going to bet. And he was like, I don't know. Uh, yes. And he's like, no, bet mm -hmm. a time. Mm -hmm. a, a blue corner, time. Uh, 17. 17 Se minutes. Oh, <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, okay, but how much do you... They're so bad at writing this that, yeah. again, we were just watching them play Texas Hold'em. I fucking suck at gambling. I'm, I don't know what the shit I'm doing, but I know how you deal hold them. Ah. You, you flip out one card face down and then three cards face up and then one card face down and one card face up and then one more card face down and one more card face up. And they all have names. They're called like the turn and the flop and the river or something like that. Yeah. Probably not in that order. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and in this, we just watch it go like, oh, let's just see what the top five cards of the deck are all at once. We're playing hold them. <laughs> just never even like putting three cards down burning a card putting the next one i'm like you're supposed to have a whole ass round of betting what the fuck is going on <laughs> no time for that <laughs> no one knows what betting is in this other than vaguely throwing chips in front of them and occasionally going all in this is like a child's understanding of poker yeah the the fact that when he gets into this room we have also established on this money plane there is an asian woman who is mysterious and evil mm -hmm. that is it we will never find out anything else about her there's one line where she says that when she was younger she used to chop people's arms off for fun uh for free oh for free you're right because now, never do anything free was, for fun uh they're like oh we're betting on something and again trey has no idea what he's betting on and then it turns out he's betting on how much it'll take for like one of these guys to chop his friend's arm off yeah, or something that one's never explained they just get him to say like will you bet yes or no and he just kind of goes uh and they're like, good, we'll take that as a yes. And then we just see a room where a dude stands there and another dude comes in and chops his arms off with a machete. Well, it's two guys sitting there drinking together and laughing. Mm -hmm. And then they keep announcing higher amounts of money. Oh, so it's until one of you is willing, in, until you're willing to cut your friend's arms off. Yeah. Okay. And so it was just a weird thing where I'm like, the bet that I saw from someone else was like, oh, I'll bet a million dollars. And there's like five people in this room betting on things. Yeah. And the bet that they, the amount that they give the guy to cut this dude's arm off is like $20 million. And I'm like, 
you didn't even make that much in the bet if everyone lost. What is this? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. I mean, I assume it's because they're never going to pay that guy any money. They're just going to like flood that room with gas oh, now. Sure. Or, I mean, ultimately, given that despite the fact that this movie was made in like 2020 and and uh, it's ultra high tech everything else, all these the vo- uh, videos they're watching are on these tablets and they're like grainy black and white security cam footage. Yeah. So I'm like, that's fake. That whole, the, all, all those little themed events are fake. They're just watching like haunted house room footage. They're like, how much until this guy cuts this guy's arms off? Hmm, you'll never know. Also, it's definitely not special effects. That really happened. You can trust us, the money plane. And also, three of, or two of the three themed event bets are based on animals. Yeah, and how fast movie, a guy will die to animals. Yeah. Uh, it, man one, versus cobra and man versus, I think, piranhas? It's piranhas, yeah. But you know why he says you think piranhas? Because there's no animals in this movie outside of Andrew Lawrence's dog. They, they just throw a guy in a room and then they like rely on the fact that the footage is grainy to have you believe that maybe a snake bit that guy. Yeah, because when you see the guy thrown into a room for the man versus cobra is next event, it's just a guy in a room going, oh no, oh god, oh, you let me out of here. And, and then the- they like cut to Trey's reaction to this and they kind of like, play a hissing sound in the background and then it cuts back to the guy and he's just sort of mouth foaming on the ground and they're like oh 16 minutes and 45 seconds the closest bet was you was 17 very good sir yeah so as you can probably guess given that we already mentioned a russian roulette scene that preceded all this the comedy beat is that despite his lack of understanding of whatever the fuck is happening or why uh trey keeps accidentally winning everything yes so uh, JR, who wins the whole Texas Hold'em thing, is like, I'm unbeatable. I'm going to play Texas or fucking Russian roulette. And re- I'll never die. In fact, you know what? I like you so much. I'll go first. And he's like, great, please do. And then for some reason, the house is like, no, you're not allowed to. And he's like, you can't. Yeah, he's like, well, Mr. Con- McConnor, as the winner of the last one of these events, you have the privilege of not having to fire first. And he's like, but I'm going to. And they're like, you cannot. And he's like, wait, you just said it was a privilege. Yeah, you have the privilege of going second, but if he's like, great, I'll go first, then he waves the privilege. He's super wealthy. He's your big fucking Texas money fountain. Why are you saying no to him? Yeah, if he's like, no, I don't, I have the privilege of deciding when I go, and if for some reason I'm like, I am certain that that bullet is in an even-numbered chamber, he's like, great, I want to go first. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking wild. Um, but yeah, he shoots himself in the head with a. I like this just because there was a whole Russian roulette scene and they didn't do a bunch of tension with it. Just the very first shot, he goes, I can't lose and blows his own head off with the first pull of the trigger, which was at least amusing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the the, the uh, gag is that McGillicuddy or Trey just keeps winning everything to the chagrin of the only couple of other betters on the plane that actually matter. Well, yes, I was going to say, because the other people that we get introduced to outside of the one Asian woman who has... No business outside of just, ah, I'm here and very distinctly evil, but I have no interaction with anything outside of that one mention of, I used to cut people's arms off for free. She also heavily bets on uh, Trey to win the Russian roulette thing. Yeah. Uh, So you can tell she kind of likes him. And then we have our sort of tertiary villains of... A couple of arms dealer guys. Which is one of my favorite things in the movie is this, there's this dude, Yuri, who's the main arms dealer. And then there's his guy whose name is like Riger or something like that. Yeah. Uh, who's just like a boorish asshole. He's, he's basically this guy's McGillicuddy. He's like, uh-huh. oh, this is my dude that I yeah, brought. I brought a dude with me. Uh, so Yuri's an arms dealer. 
And there's a point where he mentions he's an arms dealer and in his role as a human trafficker, Edge, who's sitting at the table with him, is like, wait, I know you. You're that guy who did the following. To, you gave Iran the, the, the yellow cake they needed to build those nukes. You're a real monster. And Yuri's like, what, 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 the, what the fuck? You realize how much human trafficking you have personally done? You re- do, did you forget your own cover story, yeah, you dumb like, asshole? Hey, if, you know, the people that you kidnapped and sold into slavery had had some of my guns, you probably wouldn't have made as much money. Mm-hmm. And it's like his buddy starts like hitting on uh, Isabella as the uh, flight attendant. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, how dare you? And he's like, your whole deal is selling people into sex slavery. A little flirting with the flight attendant shouldn't really bother you. Yeah. If anyone is giving up what the fuck the deal is, it is this guy being like, I have a moral code and I can't not do this. Yeah, he gets all Neil Breen in the middle of the movie where he's just sitting there like, I have to pretend to be a hard ass guy. Isn't that immoral? (laughs) (laughs) Like, dude, you are on a plane full of the worst people. Why are you doing this? Blend. Your whole job is to rob these guys. It's so fucking stupid. Your cover story is one of the worst people that exists. Why are you doing this? So these two guys, one of them, they're both total horn dogs. There's a point where Yuri straight up just asks the concierge, Joey Lawrence, like, hey, how much do I got to pay you right now in cash so I can sleep with your wait- with your uh, wait staff? And yes, the wait staff. Wait staff. Yeah, it's close enough. Flight attendants are wait staff. I'll take that. Uh-huh. How much do I got to pay so I can bang your, your uh, flight attendants? And he's like, uh, those are employees. You can't bang them. Yeah, they are valued... Uh, employees of the house we do of course have prostitutes we have dozens of prostitutes bring them in and as they bring them in the room lights turn blue so they can be like oh now it's a strip club up in here ooh, ooh. <laughs> and yet the like secondary arms dealer guy is like no i'm obsessed with this woman and even though it has been made abundantly clear that if you fuck with the house they will immediately murder you because as he is leading like joey lawrence is leading trey to the themed thing they walk past a gambling table, and he just pulls a gun out and shoots a guy in the back of the head and pulls an ace out of his sleeve and is like, once again, we have a zero-tolerance policy for cheating, and then continues on. You're like, they are clearly murdering anyone who fucks their rules, and he's like, don't touch any one of our employees, and he's like, no, I will, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I mean, he mostly exists to give Isabella something to do, because yeah. she disappears for large stretches of the movie because she can't gamble. Uh, and instead is wandering around in the, the bowels of the airplane trying to locate the safe. And every once in a while, a random man will come down there and sexually menace her and she will kick their ass. Yep. She is there to be ogled and then beat the person up who is ogling her. Uh-huh. That is the whole role that she has. Including this guy twice. The second time, she's free to kill him, so she murders him in a stupid, brutal way. Yep. When she, like, breaks a bunch of bottles and then stabs him with him and then uses a bigger bottle to... Bre- to, uh, to Stab s- him in the head. Stab him in the head. Yeah. It's a whole bunch of that. And <laughs> the... I love that there's a point where this movie could have some tension was like, oh, the safe on this place is different. They told me it would be this type of thing, and it's a fully different type of it's safe. It's some kind of biometric thing. And then they're like, oh, no. And then she has just beaten the shit out of one of the guards, and then she just grabs that guy's hand, puts his thumb on the thing, and it opens up. No problem. Yeah. Zero issue. Yeah, and then there's the point where, uh, so Yuri gets really mad that Trey keeps winning at all the games and decides that he must be cheating. Now, he says this right in front of the, the concierge and the pit boss and everything. He's like, this guy just keeps winning. He's got to be cheating. I'm like, dude, that is a ridiculous accusation to move around on a plane where they will shoot you the instant they suspect you're cheating. Yeah, and the thing is, the fucking concierge and the house guy are like, 
no, he's not. Yeah. We are very aware of who is and isn't cheating, and it's us. So he's like, well, then I'm just going to track him down in a dark room and stab him to death. And you're like, I-, I can't imagine that's a good idea. The moment they find his body, they'll come right back up here and kill you. Yeah. They're like, oh, who's the only person who's been anti this guy? Him? Great, you're dead. Yeah. Like, there's just... <laughs> it's so weird to have a plane where they're like, we are very much a lethal deterrent to doing anything. And the whole point of being on here isn't to do that. It's to gamble on shit. And yet the two people on here that are like, ah, oh, we're the bad guys for this. We don't care. We're just fully going to flaunt these rules. Mm-hmm. And both of them get killed by Isabella instead of by the house, which I figured was going to happen. Uh, because after she takes out the guy who's been, who's been constantly showing up like, I'm going to fuck you. Uh, she just opens the door to where Yuri is beating up Trey, kicks him, and he goes flying backwards into a server tower where he acts out the process of being electrocuted without any of the special effects of being electrocuted. Yeah, they, you know, they dim the lights a little. They dim the lights, <laughs> and, he, and he goes, because that's how, you know, a server tower works. Yes. It is definitely running a They're live, hot yeah. live wire. Yeah, the whole thing is just a hot live current. If you get, that's why they put them behind those little glass. It's not so you can air condition them. It's it's because uh, you can't touch them because you'll, you'll shock and die. Oh yeah, you have yeah. to fully like remotely turn off a whole server tower because if you ever touch the tower it will electrocute you to death. right through your clothes oh yeah mm-hmm. that's what happens we understand things here uh-huh. at money plane uh- <laughs> <laughs> on the money plane i assure you we use the most live voltage server towers to store your cryptocurrency in the billions yes we have so many files of cryptocurrency which is how i assume that works mm-hmm. that's where you store it right there on your own airplane <laughs> we have Seventy teraflops of cryptocurrency? That's a word I've heard before. Mm-hmm. Also, there's just a gallery of ape pictures in, the, in one of those poster uh, racks like you used to see at Walmarts. <laughs> if you want to go to our shitty NFT wing of the plane. Mm-hmm. Please stop on back there and flip through them like at a head shop and you're looking through the blacklight posters. Mm-hmm. Ape. <laughs> Slightly different ape. Slightly different ape. Gorilla pet drawn specifically to look like Elon Musk. <laughs> Pokemon ripoff. Different Pokemon ripoff. <laughs> Just boobs. <laughs> a gun. A knife. Some meme. <laughs> Pepe the Frog. <laughs> I think I'll take this one. You can't. That's not how any of this works. That belongs to Paris Hilton. What the fuck is wrong with you? None of this matters or works. <laughs> uh. So, uh, you want to hear some meanwhiles? Let's do some meanwhiles just to get out of the way. Like establishing why Thomas Jane is in this movie at all. Yeah. He is there to be the ground support, even though they leave uh, one of their guys behind, Iggy, Iggy, to be the, like, he's just there to, I guess, have the equipment to get the, (laughs) to download the cryptocurrency to, Mm -hmm. because they are going to beam it from the plane to the ground and he has to be below the plane in order to get the <laughs> yeah, crypto. He's got to set up this whole complicated rig out in the wilderness because if he just used the equipment in his house, then I, I, it, it, I, well, mm. you need to be under the plane. It's like an they hijack beam. the plane. They can take it wherever they want. Yeah. Well, they flew over him and they didn't finish the download. That's why he's like, I got to bring the plane back <laughs> around so we can fly over you again. <laughs> Because we don't understand how the internet works. Uh, so he's got to set up a bunch of obscure uh, or uh, antiquated old radio equipment in a quarry somewhere. Yeah. And stab bananas with a knife. That's his job. Yeah, we're we're going to send you the cryptocurrency files 
with shortwave radio is essentially how this is working. Based on what we see, yeah. And Or he's gonna auto-tune the files as they arrive, maybe. <laughs> so Iggy is doing that. So instead, in order to have someone take care of uh Jack's family, in case the Grouch or the Rumble decides to do anything. Oh, the Grouch. He, he should have just Christmas. been the, He should have just been the Grouch. Right? <laughs> I'm the Grouch and I, I hate Easter. I love trash. <laughs> I'm the trash man. I get out on stage and I start eating trash. I'm the grouch. I only like things that are dirty and dingy and dusty. Huh? Or ragged or rotten or rusty. The song goes on for quite some time. <laughs> and so it goes. <laughs> so he has Thomas Jane be the guy who's like, okay, you're going to be my plan B. Also, because you're an ex-military guy, you need to protect my family. I'm like, well... He's ex Air Force. He's not really much of a badass. He was he was just a pilot. They're all ba- they're all badasses. And he's got a whole backstory about how he doesn't fly anymore, but he wants to, but he's scared to for some reason. Yeah. And and uh he agrees to help, but he's not gonna be he's not willing to help with the actual heist. He's he's left that life behind. But he will guard Edge's family and also look into what went wrong with the last heist, the one about the painting. Yeah, that, why that, wasn't the painting there? That's because we need to establish that it was an inside job and that the uh, the rumble set up Edge so we could force him to do this money plane job. Yeah, this is the job he actually wanted. It turns out Darius already owns that painting. Yes. And so was just using it as a cover to get him into his clutches. Yeah. That's to set up the, 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 that, so that's Thomas Jane's job. Although he gets two scenes, one of which, uh, the rumble gets mad and sends goons to Edge's house to kill his family. And instead, Thomas Jane kills all of them rather easily by hiding in various places and getting them with a pistol. Yeah. And then later he flies a drone to kill everybody who tries to get Iggy, who's out in that quarry. Yep. Cause. Darius is trying to take out basically everyone that's doing this. Well, he's realized he's being double-crossed. Well, the weird thing is, he tries to... Because he first sends the guys out to get Iggy. Uh Uh-huh. Because it seems like, oh, I'm going to double-cross them and go get the stuff that they've... Go get the downloaded files of cryptocurrency from Iggy. Yeah. Which... They haven't finished yet. Like, the download has not actually finished, but he sends a bunch of goons out, and I'm like, man, you really jumped the gun. If you actually did kill him and, like, shot the machine that was doing this, you have nothing. Yeah. You just fucked up real bad for nothing. And they will eventually track you down if even one of these people survives. Because so, they'll be like, who sent you up here? And they'll be like, uh, I got no reason not to tell you it was the wrong Oh, yeah, you're, you're going to murder me if I don't. I'd rather you murder this dude. So, yeah, yeah. it was this guy. So the fact that he's like, oh, I'm going to kill this guy prematurely before all of my people are off of this money plane and in a place where they can't tell on me. Uh-huh. Stupid. But then as soon as he tries to do that and Jack's like, oh, I I just got to tell you, fuck you. We're going to double cross you and we're going to keep all the money and fuck you, buddy. I know that you took the painting yourself and I don't like you. Bye. Yeah. And it is mostly there to get Darius to have his speech that they will then later use to yeah they're gonna broadcast it's it's that ending it's 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 a a standard hollywood movie ending number seven the one where you record the bad guy saying that he's a bad guy so they can play it for the other bad guys and have the bad guys fight that fight each other 
Yeah, I mean, usually it would be, oh, I record the bad guy saying his villain monologue so I can play it for, like, the cops. Oh, yeah, or, or just sympathetic people. So you can be, you know, I'll take over this company and sell it to fat dogs and, and play it for the shareholders. And they'll be like, bah, 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 how dare you? This business shouldn't, isn't for fat dogs. Um, <laughs> it's for small cats. How could you? <laughs> uh, but here it's to set bad guys on other bad guys. Yeah. So it's and just, it still doesn't make it because they get really mad on the on the money plane about this guy, even though he's just like, I'm Darius. I'm the goddamn rumble and I'm going to get a money plane. And he never actually like that's that's all he says. And they're like, I rest, rest assured his head will be on a platter before this airplane lands. He, 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 as far as you know, he didn't even try to do anything. <laughs> I mean, it it's weird because they're like, this is our insurance policy. We're going to play this recorded thing where Darius says like, Fuck you, I'm Darius Grouch the Third. I'm the Rumble, and I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet, and I'm taking down the money plane. And you're like, okay. So they know that then you aren't on the money plane because they send goons to go kill you. They mm-hmm. know where you are. But then that means that they know you hired people to do that. So it's not like fucking Jack and his team are off the hook. No. It's just... Oh, well, they were hired by this guy. We know where he is. We'll go kill him. And then we'll murder these dudes. Hey, where are those three people that were on the plane but weren't on the plane when we landed? And also the thing, the other things that weren't on the plane when we landed, our cryptocurrency and actual currency, all gone. I'm just going to put two and two together and put out an APB for those three guys and murder them. And, you know, given that we have, I have to assume, full fucking, like, scans of they had to have like passports and shit that they had so they're like oh we have pictures we can find these guys oh, we will find them yeah i i, I don't understand it's so dumb but basically yeah the, the rumble needs a live video feed set up in the cockpit so we can yell it at uh edge throughout the course of the film yeah uh where he will he'll pop up and be like hey jack and he's like please don't use my real name on, over an un- unencrypted channel good we need code names uh, you know, he eventually decides on captain and colonel. Yeah, is there... what, did, what did you call your superior officer? Well, I was a captain and he was a colonel. Great, I'm the colonel, you're the captain. Okay, so anyway, Jack, he just immediately drops it. No, he doesn't. He, he loves does. that shit. The very first thing he says after agreeing to the code names is, so anyway, Jack, and he doesn't even apologize. He just keeps going. Huh? It's a great little moment because it's such a sign of disrespect. You're not wrong. He does think it's hilarious. And oh, he... yeah, he keeps being like, hey, Captain, it's Colonel here. Uh, don't forget to use the code names, but he actually doesn't give a shit about them for real. Oh, no. So for the first, the first chance he gets, he immediately drops them just to be a dick. No, Darius is just in it for the lulls. Yeah, if anything, that's my favorite part of the movie when he's like, great, I agree to these code names. Anyway, Jack. Uh, now, they end up essentially getting the crypto because they're like, oh, well, we're, we'll download the crypto to a solid state drive. And then they're going to disseminate then, it. And then we'll use the internet to send all of it to charities, which, man, if you're some charity and someone's like, Here's twenty million in crypto. You're like, oh, pass. Fucking goddamn it! All right, fine. <laughs> Somebody figure out what to do with this. Mm-hmm. But well, let's see. What can? What's the best thing you can buy crypt with crypto? Oh no! Oh oh oh! oh. Our current our, our charity doesn't need any of this stuff. Please, can we sell this for real money to someone? No, they'll all just trade you different types of crypto for it. Damn it! <laughs> I don't want to turn Bitcoin into Ethereum. Fuck. Oh, no, it's fine. You can go to Silk Road and buy, I don't know, cocaine or... (laughs) Finally, what Doctors Without Borders needed, Uh cocaine. Free-range Hungarian farm boys or whatever it is you're looking for, but 
But, uh, you know, unless your charity provides those to a worthy cause. (laughs) So then they also have a giant bag full of millions of dollars. And for some reason, all like Edge just immediately goes like, well, I don't want any of this money. You guys can have it. And then fucking Trey and Isabella are like, yeah, you know what? I don't want money either. It's I'm- dirty money. You're profe- Isabella, you're a hitman. <laughs> and the other two, you're professional thieves. And who can it's dirty money. Yes, that you aren't getting paid to do something with. You are stealing it from the people who got it like that. Yeah. This is the one way in which having dirty money is fine because it isn't like Oh, I took dirty money to go do a thing. No, you stole it. You took their money. They did a bad thing and you took it away from them. It's good. It's punishment. For She's them. just like, no, I don't want this money from bad people, says Isabella, who over the course of this movie has killed two people and torn one guy's ears off. Yeah. <laughs> but they're taking the high road. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to take these millions of dollars. However, immediately after landing, they're like, oh, uh, Harry uh, Thomas Jane... Thomas Jane's character found out like, oh, uh, I know where the actual thing is. So our last job is we're going to go steal that painting. And then they sell it for $60 million and they're fine with that money. That's fine. Even though that's a stolen painting. That's not, they stole that's it. dirty money not, painting. Not only did they steal it from the Rumble, but the Rumble didn't, didn't acquire it legally either. So it's a stolen painting and they're just moving it along in the black market chain of stolen antiquities yeah. for $60 million. And they're fine with that millions of dollars, yes, that's fine to retire on. But the money that they were going to steal from just the worst criminals that they knew would be taken away from the worst people, that they do not want. So they throw it out of the airplane. So it's not like they just left it on the airplane for the criminals. Oh, no. They're like, oh, we'll redistribute it to other people. And you're like, no, what's probably going to happen is most of that's going to land in just a field somewhere and rot. And if you think that taking that money makes you like a bad person... Then do you think throwing it out of an airplane and then other people getting it, doesn't it still just transfer the bad to them? Yeah, it's is, still it, is it based on money. knowledge? <laughs> it's only dirty money if I know it's dirty money. Yeah, I guess that's fair. If I don't know it's dirty money, then it's good money. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's fair. Somebody I, hit me in the head so I don't remember that this is dirty money. Now, my per- one of my favorite things here is the cheapness of the denouement in which, uh, yeah, basically Edge tapes a tape recorder to the wall of the plane that plays... Uh, the rumbles uh, you know i'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet i'm gonna take down the money plane and that this cut pisses off everybody in the airplane who's like the criminals so you get the concierge guy saying like uh ladies and gentlemen rest assured he will be killed in fact let's have a bet for for uh, how long it takes us to kill him and his head will be on a platter before the wheels touch down on the ground and the whole time i'm like wow no one's flying this plane right now eventually someone's gonna notice (laughs) but someone should probably go check on that no, no this plane is unflied um but then they're like, yeah, you do see a van full of goons flying up or driving up towards the Rumble's house, but they can't afford to actually show Kelsey Grammer in combat. No. So instead, you just see him pick up an, an Uzi from somewhere and shoot it nothing while going, Aah! and that's the end of his character. Uh-huh. Uh, God bless. And then, yeah, we end on the whole painting thing. Yeah, the painting thing where they, they uh, Edge has moved to somewhere in France and he's taken out his little Qui-Gon Jinn, tie most of my oh, hair no, behind my head. He's not in France. He's going to oh, France gonna to go, sell so. the painting. He's going to go to France soon. But he has taken out the little tiny uh, hair bulb at the back of his head like Qui-Gon had. And now he's got free-flowing wrestler hair. Yeah. And he's talking to Thomas Jane on the air uh, uh, who's like, hey, I found a buyer for your uh, for your thing. He's not. He ain't too savory. Like, 
like me. And also, if, if you, if I could just take a shower in your house. That <laughs> old Thomas has uh, been going you, through a patch. You got a you got a McDonald's burger for a guy. <laughs> I'd settle for a ketchup roll. But he's like, yeah, I found a buyer for sixty million. Split four ways. That's a lot of dough. And Edge just goes, ah, split five ways. Oh, okay. I guess I will accept $12 million. <laughs> Which I was like, man, this dude's like a real fucking philanthropist in that he was like, yeah, I, I helped you. Like, I murdered a bunch of guys who were coming after you. Hmm? I helped you steal a painting. I set up a buyer to sell the stolen painting. And I was assuming I would get nothing for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, money don't buy me. I no. was just doing it for the love of the game. I just love helping my friends out. Money don't put mulligatawny stew in my tummy. <laughs> I don't need money. I can't eat money. Hobo code does that. Hey, you know you can trade money for goods and services. Wait, what the fuck? Are, are you kidding? Are you shitting me right now? No wonder people want this. They don't teach you shit in the fucking Air Force. Oh, all they taught us was eat hot chip, lie, cheat on your partner. I do know how to wash my pussy in a sink. By the way, if I could just borrow your sink for like like an hour, my pussy is very, very dirty. <laughs> yes, yes. You Don't worry. We'll get you clean. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that that's the actual. We don't get a res- resolution for the money plane. The people on that. Outside, no, the people on that suffer no consequences nothing at all. outside of the two guys who tried to murder them. Yeah. Everyone else who was like. Yes, I love gambling on, you know, murdering guys with various weird ways and shooting people and whatever. Like, they're fine. In fact, the, the last scene with them... When they they're end like, the movie cheering. When they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna, you know, you can take bets on how long it'll take for us to kill Darius. He's also like, I want to assure you that all of your money will be paid back to you and there will be no problems and everyone here will be fine. And you're like, ah, good, I'm glad we established that all the worst people on earth are going to be perfectly fine yeah like if you're setting it up where they're like we're going to take these people down by taking all their money away and it's like no it's insured they're fine like at least set it up so that where the plane lands there's like cops or something you know just just something try just i mean i know that they're rich and there are no consequences but at least give me that you know the fun movie logic of oh in movie world cops are good and then uh consequences happen to bad people like the thing that's missing and i assume they just didn't have the money for the effect shot is oh they aren't they didn't notice that the pilots are both dead and we set the auto the uh the autopilot up and it's flying right into the side of some mountain yeah that that that's what they should have done right like we're gonna kill everybody on this plane because fuck them yeah i'm sure a couple of flight attendants are gonna go down but you know sad to be they they, they could have reported this at any time yeah it's it's fucked the whole thing is fucked it's a bad time and that's how Money Plane ends. Thank you so much for joining us for Money Plane. Let us now get into our bests and our worsts. Jeff, what was the best part of 2020's Money Plane? I feel like both of us's bests are just going to be various Kelsey Grammer line readings. <laughs> I mean, there's much else in the movie that's good. So it's either, it's, it really comes down to, you know, I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet or or that's right, Jack. I will use your code name, Jack. Uh, it, other than that, it's genuinely hard to, to single out anything about this. That's great. I mean, just use the thing you think is the best. It's uh, it's pretty much just Kelsey Gl- Grammer line readings. Then great. I do also like the part where he tries to flip over his table and can't because it's too expensive. <laughs> He's got a very heavy table. Yeah. So he He's tries like, to flip ah, it in anger. It just kind of goes donk. Donk. <laughs> He needs that to find out he's been being recorded. Yeah. Which is a wild thing for him to discover, given that he also communicates entirely through webcam throughout the course of this. And then he's like, wait, you've been recording me somehow? 
Yes, you're on a webcam. I did not understand when that showed up why that was relevant. I was like, oh, they just recorded you when you were talking through the fucking computer. Yeah. Obviously. They but just set up like, some fraps or some shit. What is wrong with you? But then when he's like, oh, no, they have a little thing that was recording me. I'm like, what? Who, why? Who cares? What? You're you're on a laptop. Who gives you, a you realize he just pressed like control R or whatever. It's like it's like option two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's yours. Uh huh. What about you? Uh, I mean, outside of that, probably my favorite thing is. I mean, my favorite thing has to be this movie's inability to understand what cryptocurrency is That's, or does. Yeah. I mean, there's. I gotta get through some some partial credit to the Texan shooting himself in the head right yes. away. But yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please go ahead. I'm sorry. The uh, the fact that this movie is like, ah, yeah, it's 2020 and we use cryptocurrency. Well, what is that exactly? And they're like. God damn it. Fuck you. You got me. Like I don't a, know what the fuck this is. Like asking 80% of the people who say they live by the commandments to name them. <laughs> <laughs> don't uh, be Jewish. Is that, is that one? Okay. I know. Don't kill and don't steal. Those are the easy ones. Let's yeah, go. Okay. Uh, that yeah, there's an oxen one. Don't oxen. I think it's probably. Don't fuck oxen. Don't have any oxen. Look, I uh, it's confused. I know there's like two sets of them anyway. Oh, but yeah, that the fact that this movie just absolutely does not understand how most of its premises work, that and like not understanding how you play Texas Hold'em, <laughs> I just fucking love that they're like, we want to really showcase these things and are unwilling to figure out what the fuck they are. It also makes the concept of the money plan see so seem so dumb. Because you're like, oh, you can go up there and literally bet on whatever the fuck you want. It's completely insane. You can go up there and be like, uh, hey, who's got odds for me on that pyramid's going to crumble in the next two two weeks? Something like that. You know, like just point to the Pyramid of Giza or something. Just take any d ridiculous odds you want. And instead, they're just like, uh, it's time for Texas Hold'em, everybody. The most boring-ass game in the world. Yeah. All right. What is the worst bit of money playing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to go with, like, basically the uh, what they have Isabella doing throughout the movie. Uh -huh. So she just spends most of it wandering around in a hallway. And every once in a while, once in a while, guy will come in and be like, hey, you, we's going to have some sexual type fun. And she's like, uh, no, I don't I don't want to do that. Please go back upstairs. Oh, never mind. I have to kick your ass over and over and over again. Well, the worst thing is it's not even no, I will kick your ass. It's always. Okay, big boy, oh. come here and grab my tits. Yeah, anyway, my, now I kill you. Now feel that boob. Mm, that's getting me hot. Oh, never mind. I'm stabbing you. It's just over and over. And it's like, dude, give her something else to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if you want your, like, close combat super badass to be a lady, don't have the lady be like, every scene is me, like, hiking up my skirt or letting people grab my tits or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. Yeah. She does get to do most of the killing in the movie. I think. I, oh, yeah. I, I think Joey Lawrence is the only other person. Oh, no, I guess Kelsey Grammer kills a couple of guys. Yeah. But anyway, there you go. Because there's a scene where Kelsey Grammer gets called by Edge and he's on the uh, while they're on the phone. He's like torturing some random guy. Oh, yeah. Well, he doesn't kill him. P. Roach does. Yeah. His his uh, his man, P. Roach, kills him. Which, you know, is short for Papa Roach, mm -hmm. who he hires. Yeah. Yeah. Papa Roach is a hitman for him. Yeah. Papa Roach is also a guy and not a band. Yes. It's, yeah. It's like Hootie and the Blowfish. It's Father Roach. Yeah. They're, they're uh, brother-in-laws, actually. <laughs> Papa Roach and Hootie of the Blowfish. Yes. Uh, my least favorite thing in this... Oh, yes. Please tell me your least favorite thing. I mean, it it almost has to be the fucking... Uh, the fact that it does go to Texas Hold'em. Because it is the stupidest thing to be like, we're establishing a money plane. We're 
the most decadent people gamble on the most insane things you've ever heard of. And now, our first event of the night. Regular ass poker. Mm -hmm. Are you sure it isn't like poker, but you play for like fingers or something? Like anything? Yeah, just just chips. You just got chips. You're just going to go around and scan my money bracelet and then we're going to have chips and play poker. That's it. And other people are going to watch and comment on us while we play poker. That's it. Like none of us, none of the people on this airplane could find another place to do this. Yeah. Like if this is what I was interested in doing, I have so many places I could go. Yeah. It's, it's it's wild yeah so there you go let us now finish off with a rating for the money plane each of us giving a ranking from zero to five to give us a total out of ten jeff money plane me five and a half greatest movie ever made best thing i've ever seen in my life i'm, I'm gonna go watch it again as soon as we're I done here gold <laughs> you thought big money rustlers was amazing it's crap Oh, uh, you thought Truth or Dare was great? Five stars for me. <laughs> One. It fucking sucks. It's it's <laughs> it, it's 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 not boring and it's not slow, but it's amateurish and stupid. Churlish and, and insubordinate. Yeah, somehow it's both of those things as well. Uh <laughs> Monet Plane. <laughs> uh I'm gonna give it a I'm going to say a two. Okay. I'm going to give it a two out of five because it is stupid enough to be compelling to watch. It's, yeah, you know, it. I'm not going to change my rating, but I agree with you in the sense that this is pretty much a, a good, bad movie night movie. Yes, it's it goes fast enough and is incomprehensibly stupid enough in certain ways that you're like, watching this with someone is great. Because you will all look at it and go, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. But it's not like, what the fuck am I watching because nothing is happening and I'm just like staring at a guy like walking through a hallway. Yeah. I mean, Grant, yeah, you're right. There's no just slow hallway shots or endless characters talking or anything like that. The most boring part of it is just watching a bunch of characters, a montage of Hold'em being played incorrectly. And even then it's being played incorrectly. So the whole time you can be like, what the fuck are they doing? What? what a- why? <laughs> Hold'em is not hard to film. <laughs> it's. It is a very simple game. <laughs> yeah. So, so and plus uh, all the Kelsey Grammer shit is, is is inherently very quotable. Yeah. No, Kelsey Grammer again, doing it for the love of the game, just taking a role cuz he thought, "Oh, that'll be fun." Yeah. Plus you can always play a quick game of is that Denise Richards? <laughs> and you are right twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. What did you say? 1, so a 3 out of 3 ten. out of 10. 3 out of 10 for the old money plane. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. If you would like to support the show, you like what we do, you can always go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery. Join us at any level and it helps support the show and it gets you the show ad free. You don't have to worry about any of those annoying little ads popping up in the beginning Mm -hmm. or middle or end or anywhere else. Yeah. And it uh, gives you bonus content. No matter what you sign up for, you will get some amount of a bonus us that's right extra shows to keep you busy on those long boring office days that's right that's and, what, and those commutes all of the different ones you get unlock different shows at the ten dollar a month level you get four shows that you get unlocked mm-hmm. you get access to a, a bunch of little hidden rooms in our discord for people yeah and you can ask us stuff for our afterthought our monthly show where mm-hmm. we discuss stuff and 
have listener questions. It's a good, fun, casual time. You can also just ask us stuff. I'm not going to stop you. I if mean, you, yeah. you can. I'm not going to answer. That's right. John won't answer. I am a yeah. king, and I should be treated as such. Mm, yeah. You will go through my major domo. Yeah. Now, I have to uh, I have to advise that you not go and support our Patreon, because I recently found out that a monster benefits from that Patreon. <laughs> the so monster at the end of my Patreon. I'm going to block you now. I'm going to put up a wall in front of our Patreon so you can't support it. We're afraid of the monster who would get that money. Oh, no! <laughs> Please don't back that Patreon. <laughs> uh, and we are, of course, finishing up uh, our run through our small screen heroes at the $10 level, the TV Mastery, uh, looking at this week, 2002's Birds of Prey, <laughs> the <laughs> incredibly wild choice that they make in this show we will get into when we do the episode you definitely want to join us for at least that one because it is weird it's very strange so that is all over at patreon.com slash system mastery and if you can't support us financially we understand you can always support us by rating reviewing telling someone else about the podcast help get it out there if we can grow then we can show we're showers and growers. That's right. Uh-huh. We're doing dick stuff uh-huh. to end the podcast. That's how with. we end it every time now. Every time now. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. We let you know what mm-hmm. we are. That's right. Thick and veiny and signing off. It's Booby Mastery. <laughs> all right. We'll see you in another couple of weeks. You all have a good one. Shaft. Of our people. Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com.